Hello, everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I am James, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going to the MCU in historical order, scene by scene or day by day until the end of time. Uh, That's right, Colin. But uh, because we have a lot of heavy lifting to do in this episode. Yeah. We've, we've called in a bit of a ringer, a bit of a ringer, and uh, their name is Az, and it's like a spotter, but for podcasting, spodcasting, mm. Spotify, mm, spot-cast, no, I'm going to take it back, Spotify. walk that back, Az, welcome to the show, I'm Hang on, here, actually, oh, oh, boom, not I'm going to close the door, real fast, uh, so, sorry Az, give me one more second, hey James, hey, real fast, yeah, 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 yeah. Are, are you okay by the way? Uh, good, yeah, good, yep, okay, good, because yep. you didn't say, uh, hey everyone, I'm He's trying to work there. on that. I'm trying. I'm trying to trying to, to branch out like a tree. Okay. I just was like, is this a cry for help? Like, is this like a code? Like, you know that thing where they're like, you know, if I ever asks you, ask you what if I ever ask you about like picking up peaches from the grocery store, you know that that means I've been kidnapped, oh. right? Hmm. Like, you know, like things like that. Like, because like I never asked. Wait a minute. Peaches. Then last week you. Oh God, Colin. I'm so sorry. I. It's okay. I I I bitten. I, I do have your out. pizza. Your uh, peaches. Wait. Did you say pizza? Uh, <laughs> no, I just wanted to double check because I was like, yeah, something's no, not right. That that that's not how to, James. I'm just do. trying to keep it, you know, keep it keep it fresh. Um, sure. I just also didn't want to point that out in front of wait, as wait, you know, like, I just wait. felt like it was, you know, just in case. We were, okay. Yeah, All right. Sorry. Okay. One second. Let me go. Let me go open the door. Sorry. Hey, as you can come in. Okay. I'm coming. Coming in. Oh. But um, hi. I'm hey. here. I'm on the podcast. Oh, as is here, and um, it is going to be a bit of a day, and so let's get going on day? this. This is good day, yeah. So we are watching uh, Agent Carter season one, episode mm-hmm. two, and you're going to uh, start at seven minutes and forty nine seconds, and you're going to end at thirty seven minutes and thirty one seconds. And I swear to God. This is not as long as it seems like it is to me. So let's get going. Here we go. As planned the previous night, Peggy goes to the milk distribution hub with the Vita Ray detector and posing as a health inspector determines that there is a truck missing and that it is likely the one that was used for transporting the nitramine. The foreman tells her that the truck is used by Sheldon McPhee. The SSR boys get the ball that used to be the Roxon factory. Dooley says that whatever did this could give the A-bomb a run for its money. Dooley says that Dooley also says that he thinks that whatever actually did this damage, Howard Stark is responsible. He and Jack are going to go to Roxxon, and Krasminski is going to stay and start picking through the large ball. Peggy gets McPhee's address, but before going off to hunt him down, she talks to Sousa, who is looking through a racing journal. She gives him a tip, and then they establish a joke about that's why they call it gambling that is the perfect kind of thing that could be called back later. While they're talking, a lab technician walks brusquely by and drops developed film on Sousa's desk in a way that says, this is not my job. It's from the night at Spider Raymond's club where the society page photographer was taking pictures. As he is about to pull the pictures out to see what has developed, Krasminski comes into the bullpen to delegate some responsibilities. Sousa locks the pictures in a desk drawer. Peggy calls Jarvis from Dooley's office to tell him to get rid of Stark's car. She doesn't want there to be any evidence in the Roxxon sphere that links to Jarvis or Stark. She tells him what she found, uh, found about Sheldon McPhee, but they can't leave just yet. Thompson and Dooley meet with Hugh Jones, head of Roxxon Oil. 
He talks about all the motives Howard would have had to destroy that factory, which is in which it turns out was in Red Hook, Brooklyn. I'm not sure if that was established, but I did note it somewhere. He says that he has industry spies that told him Howard has been working on a formula for nu molecular nitramine, which has its roots in Vita radiation. Peggy eats a sandwich. It is nondescript and doesn't warrant any extra segment, waiting for people to go to lunch. <laughs> she then sneaks over to Susan's desk to pick the lock with a brooch. I think it's a special brooch, but I don't know brooches, so maybe it's not. But before she can, Dooley calls the office looking for Carter, and Sousa picks up the phone. So Peggy has to sneak back over to the, her desk and then nonchalantly walk over to talk to the chief about meeting them at the Roxxon offices with the red, Vita Ray detector. She arrives, and Hugh Jones is immediately a sexist pig. He says, well, I didn't know our government had such good taste in secretaries. What's your, what's your name, darling? She says, agent. And he says, that has a lovely ring to it. I don't normally quote uh, dialogue, but that did give real big... Uh, uh, Mr. Doctor vibes, and I wanted to. Uh, yes, I mean definitely... it's a good exchange. <laughs> yeah, it is for sure. He's an asshole, though. So, you know, take the good, take the bad. Um, they are going to scan all the rocks on employees for vital radiation. Peggy will scan the ladies, much to Jack's chagrin. Before she scans anyone, she needs to scan herself, which is sort of like you know therapy in secret. Which is not. She does so and finds that her wrist her her wristwatch sets the VRD, which is the one time I abbreviate Vita Ray detector, uh, off and therefore has a high amount of Vita radiation. So she has to throw it away. Miles Van Ert shows up, but he scans clean, and then Peggy realizes that the radiation would be on the people's street clothes, not their work uniforms. Quick side note: I did have to teach Matt what street clothes are. This uh, because of uh, Avengers uniforms and what Peter Parker wears when he's not in Spider-Man. Anyways, um, this realization makes Van Ert Your run. Civvies. Civvies, exactly. Um, La civvies. Um, but the, uh, makes Van Ert run. But they catch him and Jack and Dooley interrogate him with a stick and a carrot, respectively, but not in that order. I'm not sure why I wrote it in that order. Dooley dismisses Carter <laughs> and she goes to the L&L &L to meet Jarvis and drive to New Jersey. Angie has has found Carter an apartment. It's the room next to her at the Griffith, but Carter says that she wouldn't make a very good neighbor. Jarvis picks her up and they drive to Cedar Grove, which I did when I was doing my research, I did look for Cedar Point for a long time. And I was like, why does it keep giving me this amusement park? It's the one, it's the city in New Jersey. What's going on? Meanwhile, Thompson has gotten Van Ert to tell him about Leap Branis and Sheldon McPhee. They get the address and also head to New Jersey. Demidov also gets McPhee's address after killing Gino DeLucia and all his guys. Peggy and Jarvi, Jarvi is not what I wrote, but I do like it also. <laughs> Peggy and Jarvis get to McPhee's house. Peggy confirms that McPhee's truck has the nitramine. McPhee is inside listening to the Captain America adventure show. I think I wrote hour, but I think it's show. Uh, he's standing while he, while he does, which seems not like relaxing. Maybe he'll sit for a while later. There's a cool fight scene that is done during a fight scene on the radio. So it cuts back and forth between the fight and the Foley work, which is cool. Um, Peggy ties McPhee up because she wins the fight. I didn't write that down, but like an equal one. Uh, Peggy ties McPhee up as she hears Leap Brannis trying to steal the truck, which Jarvis has sabotaged. She interrogates Brannis as Jarvis goes inside to get McPhee, only to discover that McPhee isn't there. They take the truck with Brannis driving, Carter shotgun, and Jarvis in the back with the nitramine. They're driving along, and Demidov jumps on the top of the truck. While Peggy and Jarvis try to knock Demidoff off the truck, Thompson and Dooley are having a nice ride to New Jersey, Dooley snoozing in the passenger seat. They come upon Sheldon McPhee hobbling along, still attached to the chair that Peggy tied him to. 
my favorite part is when he sees them and he sits down in the chair. I'm like, that's the one good it's thing. It's really him. funny, yeah. <laughs> the way uh, he just sort of is like, all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Meanwhile, so back at the fight, Peggy and Demidov are fighting on top of the truck. A stray gunshot hits the strap holding the nitramine in place, and then another hits Brandis's arm, and he loses his ability to drive the truck. One of the nitramine balls comes loose and starts to hiss. And meanwhile, back in the car, Dooley and Thompson lightly interrogate McPhee about who tied him to a chair. He replies they wouldn't believe him if he told them. Demidoff pulls a knife and drops a key as Peggy sees a sharp turn ahead. She tells Jarvis, I almost called him Jarv, to get Brannis and jump clear. Then she pins Demidoff's hand to the truck with his own knife, says something cool, this is where I get off, helps Jarvis and Brannis off the truck, or sorry, and helps Jarvis and Brannis off the truck. The truck plunges into the water, and then the nitramine detonates, causing a flash that Dooley and Thompson see. Peggy tries to get a dying Brannis to tell her where the rest of the weapons he stole from Howard are, but his vocalizer is broken. With his last bit of energy, he draws a figure in the dirt that looks like a heart with a wave going through it. He dies. Peggy erases the drawing, and they run to retrieve the car before the authorities get to the scene. At the scene, Dooley and Sousa do detective work while Thompson and Krasminski look at the view. Dooley says that there are women's footprints in the dirt, and Sousa has found a key to room 424 at the Hotel Cosmopole. Back at, Stark's, back at Stark's spare house, Jarvis stitches up a wound that Peggy got on her leg that I didn't mention before, but she did, while he tells her that she can't work alone. That she needs help and to let people get close to her. She says that puts them in danger. He counters that this is effectively removing herself from the world she wants to protect. And I close my summary with this... Um, this grouping of lines that I sent the last part to my daughter who is sick and doesn't want any help. And it's the exact same situation. There's not a man or woman, no matter how fit he or she may be, who is capable of carrying the entire world on their shoulders. Steve was from what Mr. Stark has told me, captain Rogers relied heavily on you for courage, strategy, and moral guidance. You were his support. And this is what I sent to my daughter. Your desire to help others is noble, but I doubt you'll find much success unless you allow others to help you. Nice. And that is what happens on that day that God, it, it's not even the longest day that we're going to record about tonight. Peggy so, Carter's big day. Peggy Carter's big day. She big gets an owie. Day. Ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. Um, <laughs> so what I have some stuff. I had a bunch of whiffs on my research, like a bunch of them. Like it, it almost became comical about how many times I was like, what's this? Ah, nothing. What's okay, about this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Still nothing. Great. So what do we think? What do we want to talk about? What are what are our uh, initial thoughts? Let us go first. Well, yeah. I want to say thank you for having me on for this episode specifically as the Scavengers Network's resident New Jersey expert. I thought um, about that. Yeah. Way too late, actually. When I was looking for Cedar Point, New Jersey, I was like, I bet As would know where it is. <laughs> or would have it's, paid attention is, to the second word in the city. <laughs> yeah, it is about 40 minutes from my house. I have been there. It's a nice town. Um, I also I did a little I did a little uh, looking around. Um, well, where do where do we think um, Agent Carter takes place? Manhattan, Brooklyn. What is there an actual place that we know of? They are in Manhattan. All right. Mm-hmm. The Roxxon factory here. was in Brooklyn. In Red All Hook. Right. Yes. So if we were going from, from Brooklyn to Cedar Grove, that's about an hour, and you got to go over the uh, the old GW. Mm-hmm. Wait, not the GW. Hang on. The, you got to go either through the Lincoln Tunnel or the Holland Tunnel. The GW is, is on the other side. She instructs someone to take them through the Lincoln Tunnel to go home. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Cool. So that's yeah, that's yeah, my that's about as far as my knowledge goes. I did look up on Google Maps uh, if I could find Four Spring Hill Road, Cedar Grove, New Jersey, uh, because once the uh, SSR guys reiterated the address, I I, I, re- I hadn't realized that I re- I had written it down correctly the first time and then forgotten. Yeah. Um, there's no Four Spring Hill Road. There is a Three Spring Hill Road. Um, that area is not technically in Cedar Grove anymore, um, which is cool. And uh, it looks incredibly suburban, like huh. picture suburbia, and it's it's that they got it on a like a nice blue sky day. It was nice. uh, a good day for the Google Maps people. Like the last <laughs> stop of it, or I want to get this, but I can't. Last stop suburbia. Ah, got it, Alistair. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Suburbia. I okay, that's too long a title. <laughs> I was thinking about um, how Alistair covered "I Want It That Way" on their album "Dead Ends of Girlfriends," and how soon a cover after that song came out it was, and what a bold move that was. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, so, okay, I have a couple quick notes. Oh, wait, I just before, you, else before you go, oh, yeah. I, I also want to say thank you also for having me on this episode as uh, the Scavengers Network's resident uh, milk expert. Somehow uh, yes. I knew that was going to... Uh, that's what I was expecting to be the first thing you said. Yeah. When you went from New Jersey, you went, that makes sense. I was yeah. like, oh, interesting that you haven't gone for milk, but okay. I love drinking milk. That's my, that's my thing. That's my claim to fame. No, it's not, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's not remotely close but yeah no, for I, this I, episode I we can pretend yeah, absolutely 100 percent. so two percent you could say that peggy carter <laughs> was the as of 1946 when it came to milk inspection she'd say what'd you say oh you said as okay never mind hmm. <laughs> i well i don't know if she would have gotten that confused because she would have said arse right mm. first and foremost the scene where she does the whole milk inspection stuff mm-hmm. charming as hell Oh, love that it. scene. Yes. Great work. The way she when she's walking off, like the way she sells it specifically to me. Right. I mean, the beginning is very good. Right. Like classic type of situation where you go somewhere and you pretend to be a health inspector and you go, uh, do you want this place shut down? They're like, no. So they just kind of give in because like they think that they right. need to expect this sort of thing. Right. Right. Um, and it's like, well, the inspection is now. And she's like really like being like a tight ass about stuff mm-hmm. like to kind of like not necessarily have them like her, but to fear her so that they won't bring it up kind of thing, right. which I think is fun. But then also the way that when she's walking away and she's like, I'll find it. And he's like, ne- never mind you. Right. Like, and then she goes and put some air in this tire. The way she yep. kicks that tire kills me every time it, I see yeah. that scene. The yeah. way she does. I mean, that tire is as big as her. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you could have broken your foot. But like the way she just goes and put some air in this tire. Really, really funny. Like part of me was literally going, do they even need to actually put air in the tire? Or <laughs> she just say that just to, again, to prove the point. Yeah. Here's she what kicks is weird the to tire. She kicks oh. two different tires in the montage. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either of now I don't know tires. Listen, I don't know. I don't think either of them needed air in any way. And I'm not sure. She was just testing like her, like how you like, do, like, animals chew on stuff to like dull their teeth she needed to dull mm-hmm. the tip of her her shoe or something like she nice to see a doctor i think um yeah. so here's my nice question to, to you though if you wanted to go into some place and interrogate effectively right somebody uh and you've done it before in episode one where you put on an american accent maybe put on a wig or whatever put on a disguise you show up and you go, you know, gee, howdy, mister. Like, you know, I really wish I could, you know, see this nitramine bomb. 
ooh, like, ooh, la, la, look at my little dress, right? And then this where she's like, um, hello, yes, I'm here to look at your milk. And he's like, oh, God, right? When you then go to interrogate another guy that has a stolen van, would you also not use an accent? Like, it bothers me tremendously that she walks in and then just lets him get away, effectively, right? Mm. And knows that this guy has now seen her and has heard her. Because the minute he does sit down with someone and go, yeah, a British dame you know, knocked me out, they'd go, huh, there's only one British girl that we know that can fight. It's yeah. got to be Peggy, right? Like yeah. To me, it's like that is such an immediate, like, you fucked up, Peg. I, I think this is her not planning. Like, mm. she's she's like, a lead. To me, it, it was it was, I think that she was going into this and she was like, He's not coming out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she was going to kill him. Right? Do you think she was going to kill him? She, I think I she mean, was She was going to take him somewhere at the very least, you know? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, with Jarvis, you take the truck, you take him, you put him in the penthouse. I guess Leet Branis and uh, the guy in green, Demidov, showing up yeah. uh, changes some things. Right. Which I'm just realizing, I think, James, are you actually in green today? I am. I'm constantly in green. Sorry. James is I also am. the man I'm constantly in green. In green. Uh, it's not easy being green. No, okay. So that, that that's just something that I want to put out. I like it's going to there's going to be a payoff to that question that I've just yeah. asked. Yeah. Eventually, but I just want to point out that I feel like that's a situation where it's like, "Peggy, why would you fuck up like this?" Like I understand like she had a little bit of time to prep in the beginning for the first sequence that we we're talking about like for the milk, but I also feel like again, Walking in, you could still at least be like, I'm just going to change my voice. Right. Yeah. Right. Because then if you're like, I don't know, some, you know, some American like New York girl, then they're yeah. like, okay, well, on to this next thing. Right. Because if they've never yeah. heard her do an accent, like how right. they know. Right. Um, and then finally, the only other note that I had for this uh, episode was um, Ray Wise is mm. phenomenal. I love anytime he's in something because he's always this character, basically. Ray Wise. Um, I got to say, I really love Ray Wise. Yeah, he, Vita Ray Wise. Um, That's what so, I thought you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. I, I did I did lie. There's technically two things here. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, um, left. But like with his scene, when they go into his office to have a conversation with him, I think the funniest thing in this episode is they go to meet with him and he has his like orderly kind of guy. I was going to talk them, about this. Like, yeah. A, a, like a thing of, of bourbon. Right. And then they look at them and he goes, it's 1045 in the morning. So he motions to the guy and he puts an ice cube in each of their glasses. <laughs> and it's the funniest fucking it got thing. A, it got a laugh out loud from me. For Same. That. And like I had forgotten that that even happens. But I, I, had, I mean, again, like when I was rewatching it for this, I chuckled at it's 1045 in the morning, but then laughed again when he puts the ice cube because I'd forgotten it. And I really love the moment where Thompson is kind of like, uh, and like Ken is kind of like, oh, no, I guess All maybe. Right. And then like kind of like look, has a brief moment where like he kind of connects with Dooley and is like, no, 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 I can't. I, <laughs> I, I'm on the job and then puts it down. He takes a drink first though. Oh, does he? I could have yeah, sworn he, he immediately sip, put yeah. it down. He takes a oh, sip. Oh, no, because he puts it and then he's like, oh. And then, yeah. And then. That's, that's right. Then, it's, yeah. In my head, I was only recognizing the moment where like, right. they kind of like make eye contact. He's like, I mean, no, 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 no. I can't. <laughs> but, sir, please, you know. Um, but then also when Ert runs 
Mm. Right. Which is also great because uh, there is a football player whose name is Ertz. And so I want to keep calling him Ertz. Yeah. Anyway. He's uh, a a line of donuts too, I think. uh, Do you know Ertz donuts? Like when you punch someone in the arm and you say Ertz donut. Oh, boo. It's actually Hertz donuts, but in this case it was. I'll be over here. It is actually a Hertz <laughs> donut, right? No, so, uh, uh, so I think again, this is one of those situations where, like, Peggy starts to show her hand a little bit at times, right, around the people even that she works with. Because again, yeah. part of it is also that they they kind of see her. I mean, again, because she's because she's a woman. I'm putting, you know, uh, they sometimes sort of write her off, right? The way that like they all start chasing after Ert. And she goes, mm, where does that lead to? He's like, lobby. And again, Ray Wise just being yeah. cool as a cucumber. And she's like, mm, stairs. And he goes, just sort of points. And she's like, mm, yes. And she just casually walks, casually picks up a briefcase of that. Then she just walks right out and bam, lays him out. Yeah. The, the moment where she does that and then she's like, mm, gentlemen, right? The look on Dooley's face and he is literally sweating. Like yeah. You can see yeah. it. Like, And to me, that has to be real sweat. That had to have been go run around the set for a minute yeah. and then run like, and then we'll say action and you will run on because like it, sometimes you see movies where you're like, that's fake. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like he's not like soaking wet. It's just like, he is bit. just, he's, there's a little bit of like, you know, just like the little beads of sweat on the top of the forehead, like that one, like streak, like where right over top of like your sideburn area kind of thing. Yeah. And the way that he is like physically out of breath and is like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, yeah. like, he doesn't say that, but like the way he's like actively like, how did, how the hell did she get the drop, right? Like, that's a great little moment. Yeah, I also um, love sure. the thing with the briefcase where she grabs it from somebody walking down the stairs, I think, and she goes, I'm borrowing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, lady. Yeah, sounds good. Right. I would say the fact that he doesn't go, hey, wait a minute. Hey, hello, ma'am. Yeah. Hello. And like, then, like, the fact that he doesn't follow after her, the fact that he's just like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Weird. Yeah. And I also... then he shows up to his office and they're like, why are you like, he's like you're not going to believe this. Yeah, and she's like, "They're like, where are the samples?" I also wanted to say about this scene. um, It's funny to me that none of Peggy's coworkers catch on to the fact that it's it's Van Ert when he runs away. Like the reason he runs away is because he just so happens to be the person that Peggy is like. Oh, we should be checking the clothes that they were wearing. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, God damn it, I gotta go. Right. Cause that guy definitely should be going. Right. Yeah. Right. I I mean, I also think again, like that's also like such a cool thing too, right? Because obviously if she hadn't shown up, they probably would not have dropped the the bomb and you know imploded the place. Yeah. But like well, but then again, he would have been around the stuff enough, right? That so I guess he would right. have still been glowing. But like, just the concept though of like, if she hadn't been there and seen him, right, she would not have known. Oh, we need to double check their clothing, right? Yeah, right. Um, and then also, it's so cool that she blinded him with the one-time use gadget, right? So that, that he we doesn't about. also, yeah. So yeah. he has no idea who she is, but she's right, like. Right. This is the guy. I got to do something. Kind of men in black, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say that in the last episode. It's it's like the prototype of the men in black mind eraser thing. And Phillips is like, you know, this gives me an idea. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Did you flash anything, me, Cap? Um, 
when I picture Peggy as uh, Health Inspector Ruth Barton, by the way, Ruth Barton is not a reference to anything. She doesn't appear in anything as anyone famous or whatever. I oh, do... Ruth Barton's not related to Clint Barton at all? Uh, oh, that's a fun thing. I like that. But not as far like as his I His grandma? Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, yeah. Clara Barton was a route that I took, but Ruth Barton felt to me like something mm. and it wasn't. Um, Clara Barton created the Red Cross. Um, oh. She was in oh, Silver right, right. Yeah. Um, I do picture Tatiana Maslany as Cosima on Orphan Black every single time. Uh, she doesn't look like her on the show in as as Ruth Barton in Agent Carter. She doesn't look like her at all. But when I close my eyes, it's just Cosima in a lab coat, and that's that's what it looks like. And I don't yeah. know why. And that's just mm-hmm. that's just it. Glasses, maybe. Um, that could be it. I think it's yeah. fascinating that you uh, had that poster just like ready to go. Is that what you got up to go get? That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had okay. a, I had a. Ca- Aaron and I used to make each other calendars, or Aaron used to make me a calendar with stuff that we talked about on Unabashedly Obsessed. But then the pandemic happened, and like that s- stopped. Yeah. So I reached a point where I was like flipping to the calendar pages that were the relevant day coordination, and then I realized that that was. Uh, a really really buck wild way to do calendars just like make them last so then i i had this uh orphan black calendar from a number of years ago and i had this uh picture of cosima up at my job so i just hung it up on uh on where the calendar goes i'm gonna go do i'm gonna go put that back now and then i'm gonna tell you all some information okay while you're doing that it's gonna say it's very do it for her of you from the simpsons yeah do you like that that was a simpsons reference from me to you and, and James by, is usually the Simpsons guy. And by her, you mean Cosima from Orphan Black? Yeah. Yeah, correct. That is correct. All right. So I just wanted to make I sure that you had have, said the correct thing. I do have one thing to say before we get into the info. Yeah. Um, I realized watching the milk inspection scene that... So for the listener, I'm doing my, my first time watch of Agent Carter right now. And I did it for this show. I'm shameful. I haven't watched it yet. It's It's all on me. Uh, I realized I had seen this scene before as it aired on TV in 2015. <laughs> I I walked in at some point and my dad was watching this and I walked in like right as the scene started and I was like, are you watching some like milk inspection documentary? And then I left. <laughs> That's funny. And I realized it while watching this scene for this and I was like, Oh, I remember this because I remembered a really attractive milk inspection woman. Agent Carter milk inspection uh, procedural is very funny and you would have to change very few of the names. Like, yeah, they'd call her like milk carton Carter. Like it would be all sorts of different. uh, um, It would be like you'd have to work to make it work, I think. Mooley. Very good. Very good. What's one more? I was, that's what I was trying to think of this whole time. Uh, you can't say Musa because that's the same joke. Yeah, I know. You could say Musa Kowsminski? if you wanted to. Kowsminski, that's very good. Um, just Dottie because Dottie is just, you know, a, a dotted cow. Okay, that's, you know, that's I have what the they spots. call them. Dot, yeah, Spotty, maybe? Sure. Spotty, maybe? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of one for Jarvis, and I just can't get there. Farmus. Edwin, Ed Skim Jarvis. Ed, there we go. Okay. There we go. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, so let's start. Let's not start with Avengers Ensemble. Let's start with 
uh, other things. Let's see. Ruth Barton, no notable name referenced. She references city health provision 42, article 23. I looked through more uh, city health code than I would have <laughs> cared to to find out that uh, there's nothing. And also, that's kind of not how city health codes are organized. So, How much time did you spend? I, I, just tell me that. Mark. You know how I was late to record? <laughs> Is that why? Uh, it's not not why. I mean, <laughs> you, need, you need a full. X I mean, like I was I was watching the episode for seventeen, but one of the things was that I did try and see if there was a a, a reference. But I think it's funny because it means that she's just saying, you know, like Bible and chapter and verse to someone that doesn't know the Bible. Like she's like health code article twenty three subsection fourteen as you know means this. Right. Um, well, I think that's that's a genius thing, right? Because oh, sure. like, because that's the sort of situation where she then looks like a professional, and like he clearly doesn't know what's in that thing, but he has he to go right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because if he says I actually don't know what it is, then she'd be like, "What?" And yeah. she'd get angry. She'd write him up. So he's like, "I've got to just go go with it." <laughs> yeah. That's not how the city health code. That's it. What did you say to me? Yeah. Write him what up. What if he's for... like, uh, actually, what it says is she'd be like, oh, fuck. Right? <laughs> he's exactly. like, I have a photographic memory. But Let's at that go. point, you, you go, well, you obviously haven't received haven't the code the from this year. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, is there a PDF? She's like, what's that? Oh, it's a PDF. Public display, display of font. Um, yeah, there you go. And it's kind Publicly of Publicly displayed file. There you go. Public Dairy okay. Foundation. That public de- oh yeah I was gonna say public de- uh, department file. People don't floss. So the next thing I have is uh, a quote. Um, well, I did I cut. D- the- I, I need everyone to know that Colin did just floss on camera, but it's an audio medium. But I want everyone to know that that did happen. <laughs> oh, the Fortnite dance, dance, not the dental yeah. hygiene thing. Right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. It's too bad. Classic Justin. Mapper, so. Right? Um, I did cut the part where uh, Krasminski posits that it might be magnets that has uh, done the Roxxon sphere, um, which isn't as wild a guess as you'd think because it is a, a par- you know a metal object that has been drawn together. You, ma- magnets aren't the worst uh, guess, but then uh, Thompson tells him that's not. They, there are lots of things that aren't magnetized, whatever. And then Krasminski says, "Well, excuse me, Sir Isaac Newton." And then Thompson says, "That's gravity, you dumb ape." And Krasminski, I wrote Krasminski proving the exception to the rule that you have to be smart to work at the SSR. It's yeah. going to come back later that Sousa's like, oh, it's the scientific strategic reserve. And to that, I would say, yeah, but Krasminski, though, like, explain that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, what if his scientific knowledge is not in that field? That's true. He could be you know a I mean? science expert in... um. I mean, as- like, literally... Maybe maybe no, I mean, he's a geologist and he likes to get his rocks on. Very nice. Well, wouldn't that be rocks off there, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't well, that be because to I call mean, back he, to your maybe joke? he doesn't like geology that much. Yeah, oh, I say he's not a pervert. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, he definitely is. Well, no, I, yeah. I was also thinking that like he could be. I mean, literally, like if he's like uh, like a technology based uh, scientific person, mm. he could be medical, like forensic scientist kind of thing. You know, where you're like, I understand like a chemical compound, magnets. Eh. I like to I think know. that he's just not smart. I it makes me feel I, better. 
I but like he's good at his job. So like that's why that's why I feel like this is a struggle for me. This this little moment. You know what I mean? I like mm-hmm. to think that he's on sort of a probationary thing from the normal cops, and they're like, "Yeah, he's 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 fine, I guess." Uh, because as, if you're a chemist, you do uh, like have to learn physics too, because they're not like separate things; they're just sort of sure. like different colored hats. Um, it's a big hat, but I do uh, I do like picturing uh, one thing: uh, medical, like uh, a magnet expert could be a medical medical expert, and uh, Second, I do like the idea that he could have an expertise in something that just is never accessed, like philosophy. Like he's like, "What about existence?" And they're like, "Not now." He's like, "One day, one day." Although you know, I'm actually thinking about this as well too. I think that sorry, something that you just said made me think of this. Love it. This happens a lot in. I mean, Shield is also basically. I mean, it's just the next yeah. iteration of SSR, right? right? The big thing about the structure as well for this team is not that every single person is a scientific oh, mind. Yeah. There is there you have your street operatives, essentially, your agents, and then you have all of the scientists behind the scenes that are doing all the, the crazy shit. You know what I mean? Like it it it's gonna come off as as a, a dig at him, but I don't mean it as one. Krasminsky's connection with sex workers is for sure a positive. Like he has Sort of an underground, it, yeah. It, like I mean, yes. you know, he's sort like sort of in a creepy way, in a way. But like, he has sort of an ear to the street. He's kind of a scumbag. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna yeah. say. He like he weirdly yeah. though does know exactly what's happening on the street level. He can like he knows, he, like he knows exactly stuff. where to search for the things yeah. in that in that in that hotel room. He's like Correct. this is easy. Yeah. Um, I think absolutely. I think Sousa's wrong to to point. He's like it's the strategic, it's the scientific, whatever. Like of course I know this. No, no, no. That's not an assumption. Like it's good that you know it, but like, get off your high horse. I'd be like, go do a quadratic formula right now, Susan. Yeah, he starts singing a song to himself because that's the only yeah. way to learn it. Um, <laughs> was that around back then? The, I mean, songs. The song, yeah. Um, when was it invented? That song. That song. Let me hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, nineteen forty-four. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, this I is had, the most silent typing I've ever heard. I had it up already. Oh, okay, cool. I knew okay. you were going to, yeah. The quadratic mm. anthem. Um, Woody Guthrie wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was mostly about a, a, a union massacre, but it had the quadratic formula in it at the end because he was... Um, and that's the part that everyone remembers. He's exactly, studying exactly. for a physics degree, actually. It's like it's like the part of this land is your land that's basically like uh, no property. Let's have no property that no one remembers is part of this land is your land. Yeah. Um so uh, a couple of trivia facts about the notes that she's taking. This is what's on her notepad, and I found this very funny. No reading, no reading, no reading. That's when she was, you know, pretending to actually be an inspector. Then she does does four ditto marks. Then she starts making a shopping list, and here's what's on her shopping list. Um, I'm going to say the things, and then I do have uh, uh, a British to American translations of some of them. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Uh, um, milk, biscuits, PG tips, which are not Q-tips, as I thought it was before I looked at uh, what the trivia said. Um, and I was going to have to look up when Q-tips were mentioned. Oranges, digestives, horseradish, HP sauce, which was an early uh, computer, and uh, detergent. <laughs> um, you got that HP sauce. No, okay, so PG tips. She wants to be a PC gamer, but she <laughs> exactly. also needs to be goaded with a sauce. Dude, you're getting so an PG. HP sauce. Um, PG tips are a brand of tea. 
Uh, HP sauce is a brown sauce condiment in the same category as Worcestershire or A1. And digestives are a specific sort of cookie. And biscuits right. are also a cookie, I believe. I was right. going to say that if you didn't yeah. say it. Yeah. Because that's the one that I knew. And she's yeah. going to put them all in her shopping trolley. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and of course, milk is what they call cheese. Um, yeah. So right. uh, uh, Digestives, sorry, I was going to say, because I know I literally heard a podcast about this not that long ago. Um, they are like almost like an actual like um, like an almost like an actual like biscuit style cookie, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, and a lot of the times they have like a chocolate like layer and then like that like perforated is that the word for it like mm-hmm. punctured hole kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I feel like weirdly enough to me reminds me a lot of Christmas time and I have no idea why. Because mm, of um, maybe I don't know. I there's just something to me that like feels very weirdly Christmassy about it, but like. It's like, I remember the very first time I had ever heard that because they talked about it so much on that show. And I was like, what the fuck? And I really thought they were talking about like antacid, like like right. Tums. Right. But then yeah. he was like, but then the guy was talking about like, and then I ate the whole tin. I was like, hang on. that yeah. I think that's Don't dangerous. Do that. And I was like, yeah. and so then I had to be like, I need to look this up. And I looked it up and I was like, oh. I was like, what the fuck? I have no idea why they're called digestives. It's because they help you digest. Is it, are they, or is it, fiber, they are easily digested in like milk. Like they themselves. Oh, I guess that, that makes oh. more sense. But it's also like, you know how Pepsi means like di- like to help with digestion in the same way that oh. Pepsi AC is the same root? Like, oh. It was first developed in 1839 by two Scottish doctors to aid digestion is what they claim. Mm. Have a cookie. how they expect it to be. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, if it's, if it's a, lot a very brand bread-like... Stuff, so. What's that? Yeah. It's it's, it's very bran-heavy, uh, mm. and uh, yeah. I think it's just very fibrous. Yeah. So I imagine you're... Uh, yeah, I'm looking through the, all the stuff that's so in it. it. So it's definitely... Your stomach acid and stuff, yeah. I think it's definitely made to also potentially have you... Uh, right. Pass quickly or easily. Yeah. Right. Die. Um... <laughs> I was just... <laughs> she yeah, passed sure. quickly. Um... I there's a there's a podcast called the Amelia Project, which is a very good podcast, and Aaron has been on it uh, for a while now recently. But uh, they talk about Maltesers a lot on that show because, yeah. it's, and uh, my wife just got a thing of British candy from one of her students, and she was like, and they have like uh, British like uh, uh, Snickers, they have British whatever, and then they have Maltesers, and I was like, that's a real, that's not a fictional. Like yeah, yeah. so yeah, they're they're but, just like whoppers, right? Uh, they weren't like well, they were they they reminded me more of uh of a Kit Kat sort of area. Really, um, I thought that they were like dusty than whoppers. Balls. I, there was a crunch to them, but like either we're doing whoppers, like we've cranked up something up way too high. Um, yeah, the the dust factor. There is it is yeah, <laughs> but uh, they were. Perfectly, they were they were very moist. All of the chocolates were very similar, though, so it was wild. They had different brand names. Um, I know it's a tangent, but just very fast question. Mm. We can do it in thirty seconds. Um, thoughts on Whoppers? Do, do do we like them or hate them? Big fan. I will eat them if I don't. If I'm just looking for sweet, like I'm fine with them. We have a whole bunch I in our Halloween candy, yeah. uh, but they are uh, slowly concentrating because I keep not eating them. But not then we'll them, yeah. reach a point where they're all that's left, it's and then I will eat whoppers, them. Right, yeah. exactly. Whopper time. I was going to say, I, I hate them, so I like that once again we have a situation where there's 
Someone on one end, someone on the other, and then someone right in the middle. Yeah. Fun. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. The boys done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. So, in the early 1900s, bovine tuberculosis was common in American dairy herds, and because humans could easily catch M. bovis, which was the villain in Street Fighter II, this was a major (laughs) public health issue. Um, By 1946, there was a massive campaign to eliminate M. bovis by testing all dairy herds, until well into the 1960s, any milk company whose cattle tested clean would proudly print print on their bottles from certified tuberculosis-free herds and the dairy clover, the daisy clover dairy bottle does not have that notice on it. So uh, that kind of links um, the end of the previous night where Demidoff leaves and throws the napkin on the dead mobster's wife, whatever. Into today, where we're doing the uh, inspection, uh, it is Count Basie, and it is Jumping at the Woodside, um, recorded in uh, August August twenty second, nineteen thirty eight, for Decca. It was released on December seventeenth of nineteen thirty eight. It uh, peaked at number eleven and was on the charts for four weeks. It is considered one of the Basie Band's signature tunes. Sorry, quote unquote signature tunes, a quote unquote favorite, and even a quote unquote definition of swing. Um, uh, Why are we doing all these in quotes? That's what the Wikipedia has. Apparently, that's oh. they're they're quoting from the things they're citing, but they're doing it in the worst possible. Uh, yeah, that's really weird. That makes it sound <laughs> like they're being really sarcastic about yeah. it. You don't have to if you're citing something. I don't know that you need to put a quote unless it's a full quote, right? Unless like, it's an actual yeah. quote. Yeah. Signature tunes citation, a favorite citation, and even a definition of saying citation. No quotes needed. Anyways. Correct. The word jumpin' in the title is a triple entendre. It means lively, as in the joint, the joint is jumping, a synonym for dancing, or a synonym for sex, as many synonyms for dancing are also synonyms for sex. Um, that's just a musical fact. Yeah. Uh, the Wood, Woodside Hotel is uh, locate, was located on 7th Avenue and 142nd Street in Harlem and has since been demolished. It was operated by Love B. Woods, which is awesome. An African-American who operated a number of ding- dingy flop houses, some of which had, so that's in quotes, quote, dingy flop houses, some of which had, quote, unsavory reputation or reputations. I never know how to read reputation and then bracket S. Sure. But the Woodside distinguished itself by becoming a popular place for jazz musicians and Negro League, Negro League baseball teams to stay while in New York during segregation. Later, Woods would become better known for his involvement in operating the Hotel Teresa, a much more upscale hotel that was called the Waldorf of Harlem. And then uh, later and if you made want... a podcast with Hotel Travis. <laughs> Where does Hotel Transylvania no, fit in there? Teresa, got it, got it, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I love like making a joke like that. That just falls fully flat. Like I watched the moment James was like, sure. I was like Waldorf and Travis. I don't know. What do we? Oh, right. Hotel Travis. Got it. Got it. Um, Sorry. It wasn't polite enough. (laughs) (laughs) I get Um, the reference. uh, If you want to know more about the Waldorf, you can tune into uh, Newsies Minute. We talked about the Waldorf at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, The band stayed at the Woodside repeatedly. This is the Basie band. And even rehearsed in the basement of the hotel. Singer Ella Fitzgerald, her who sometimes performed with the band, 
also stayed at the Woodside in 1937 when the band was playing at the Roseland Ballroom. Uh, Sheldon McPhee lives at Four Spring Hill Road, Cedar Grove, New Jersey. I wrote a lot more suburbs than it was in 1946. In where they go to visit him, it looks sort of like in uh, Back to the Future when he goes to the 1950s and he's on that pine tree farm. It's like nothing as far as the eye can see. Yeah, there's stuff, but it's a lot more nothing than you than you'd want. It's also just super dark. Yeah, for sure. Um. The racing. I learned how to sort of semi-read a racing form, uh, racing journal for this uh, for this episode. It's um way more complicated than I than I'd like it to be. Um, there's lots of like, how did the horse do? How did the horse do in relation to other things? Who's the trainer? How's the trainer done? All this stuff, all in these like stock market looking uh, data things. Uh, it does remind me real quick. There's a a scene in uh, the Marx Brothers movie Day at the Races where uh the thing that groucho keeps wants to know who what the horse is going to win and chico keeps selling him these books that's like you have to have this book to interpret that book to interpret the raising form correctly and i suddenly got like two-thirds more of what they're talking about in that scene um so that was good that was a good uh a good feeling for me that was a big w for for old jamesy um so the two horses that we can see clearly are whitby's prospect and uh Uncle Bob, uh, they are it. The way that I understand it, uh, Whitby's prospect is faster uh, than Uncle Bob by six. And you know, I would never not say units, but I don't know the units. So six horsepower, six horse exactly. That's where that comes from. That's good. Yeah. Um, but what I did note was this: <clears throat> if you pause it and look at it. They literally changed the like the two things that you need to know that are different between the two horses, and then like three other things, and then otherwise it's all of the numbers are all the same, all the subtle times, all the whatevers. And that's you know what? That's fine. Here's what's not fine. Part of a racing form is how the horse has done in previous races. And I was so getting worried matched. because it was like, well, they're incredibly evenly matched. That's correct. I was getting worried because it was like uh, June, May, April. And I was like, well, this is supposed to be in April. Are we saying, is this form saying it's in, uh, it's later than we even realize? And the answer is yes. But to a wild extent, these racing forms appear to be about horses that ran races in uh, July of 1969. Oh. according to the racing form. So wildly they didn't change that to 46, but nevertheless, I'd love to talk to a props person and I'm not saying bad things about them. I just want to know why some decisions were made. Time travel's weird, man. Time tra- right, and these are from 1969. It's a whole different kind of horse racing. Um Yeah. They are allowed to punch the other jockeys. That <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Summer of shove. It's it's actually more um, like jousting in '69. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, Peggy's waiting at the LNL for drivers to show up. He is uh, very late, and she says to herself, "A penguin could get here faster," which is a wild thing to say to yourself. And I don't yeah. know who wrote that line. It's a wild thing to say. I loved it. So though. I did. Lo- I loved it too. It's a very idiosyncratic thing, but it's like, yeah, but what? 
how what? often are Brits getting beat by penguins? You know, I was I was just picturing Jarvis doing like a little penguin waddle. <laughs> yeah, like like a like a Mary Poppins like yeah trousers sort of deal. Um, I did look up how fast uh the fastest penguins. land speed achieved by penguins. Uh, That's is. amazing. Uh, and it is the Gen Two G E N T O O penguin. Um, and it has reached. Okay, I'm so sorry. You Where'd said you Gen Two, and immediately I was like, "They made they had multiple drops." <laughs> like I was so confused because, like, I think of like you, you play like Way a Pokemon faster than the game, Gen One, like right? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. You, have, you have Gen One, Gen Two, and I was like, "What?" That's like that. Ke- that does not make any sense. How do you have Gen? Like, <laughs> is it like that's the generation of Penguin? Like, and then their children were Generation Three, and we're just keeping yeah. track of that. You know, like a G Six. You know that song, like G Six. That's actually yeah. referring to penguins. Yeah. Like modern yeah. day penguins. I just it really immediately took me out because I started thinking about like this is the Pokemon Silver of <laughs> of yeah, uh, bro. Of I'm, I'm waiting for Emperor's Three to drop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm getting there on the midnight midnight release. I I've been really into the Puffin thinking... Five, you know. Oh, nice. I've been Puffin Four. I, don't... I was gonna make the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going like a genital penguin, Colin, like oh, Gen no. 2, and I'm, I'm really happy that you weren't. Um, 22 miles an hour is the, is Whoa, the land speed. That's Whoa. a fast penguin. That's a yeah. fucking fast penguin. Is that penguin. like sliding on their bellies? Like that's the land speed? I, I guess. I didn't look up the, the, the method by which it has to be, right? Because like yeah. Yeah, that waddling no is like, yeah. like they generate their own be Benny Hill terrifying. theme. Like, yeah. da, 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 like that would be awesome. Yeah. If you were a document a documentarian, mm-hmm. docu- yeah. Uh, if you, like if you were in, born in September, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But I mean, if you're like if you're document. in Antarctica, right, <laughs> and you're sitting there with your camera, and something waddled at you twenty two miles per hour, <laughs> you would be horrified. Yeah. You would not be able to outrun it. You would just go, "This is my death." Like yeah. that is a horrifying. Uh, end to see like it, it, imagine a penguin going like that 22 miles per hour directly at you what a terrible way to go hey you know what the you know what the they call the really the really dirty penguin pig penguin it's <laughs> <laughs> a, a good that's a good uh, call thing that. That, yeah I call, we, i'm sure we weren't recording um i don't think so either yeah so uh i think it's during i didn't write it down the Lori Linner song that appears in the one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said it was going to appear in in the in the series itself in the in the episode Bridge and Tunnel. That's now, so a song should hey. sound familiar, and I really like that because it it's the idea of yeah songs play more than once. Like it, the same yeah. song soundtracking two scenes is like the most realistic soundtracking we've ever heard in my life because it's like once again. Here's Santana featuring Rob Thomas with Smooth. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the radio definitely used to play. I mean, I guess it still does. But like, I just remember like in middle school days, when yeah. like I would be on like the bus and you would hear somehow the same song like at least twice on the yeah. same bus trip, and you're like, how the fuck does that? Yeah. One time I was on the T in Boston and I looked out my window and uh, uh, push by no 3 a.m. by uh, my Matchbox 20? 20 was so was so prevalent. I looked in this person's window. Their window was up. I was on a train, and I could tell 
that they were listening to that song by the way they were mouthing the words. It was one of the That's most amazing. surreal experiences of my life. Awesome. That Honestly, album is half that... good and half nothing. So the the uh, exile on mainstream where they redo the song uh, okay. because because they they redid a couple old tunes old tunes then did a bunch of new ones that album fucking rules oh it's a Max Rush twenty album got it yeah, got it. yeah yeah oh really they redid some of the songs from that first album yes I Was think it the it's... second half where all the songs sucked no I think it's um, three a.m. and one other song I don't remember what yeah. song okay uh, well. but at least two I'm I'm fairly certain that two of them are all redos. Got it. Um, cool, cool. But well, it's a it's a good little album. When I was trying to find the EP by Matchbook Romance back when I was getting into them, uh, I did ask for Matchbox Romance repeatedly, and they said that doesn't exist, and so that was confusing and hard. Thanks, Rob <coughs> Thomas. For uh, we hear uh, a placement for a sewing machine uh, that Peggy says she likes to use to sew up pants for the soldiers in a disgustingly probably incredibly accurate way. Um, It's the Singer Featherweight 221, which was basically like the Honda Accord of of sewing (laughs) machines. It was like, everyone has one because it's good. It's as good as they get, and we're going to make them forever. They made them from 1933 to 1968. Um, They just worked. Like that was them and Singer? Is that the other one, right? The other? uh, It's a Singer Featherweight. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, I thought yeah, this yeah. was a different. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they were light. You know, it, you know. Now that I think about it, I wonder if that when we cleared out my grandparents' house, we cleared out two separate Singer sewing machines, and I bet you yeah. one of them was one of those. At least one of them. Like, yeah, it seems like a yeah. Considering they were alive at that time, that, that, I, that... I, I love the innovations that it's like we just made this a like a lot lighter, and that is the revolution. And I really like that when that yeah. happens. Uh, we see it a lot with guns on this show, but now it's with sewing machines. <laughs> um. Oh, uh, my favorite interaction uh, at all between the members, the the boys of the SSR. Um, Sousa out of nowhere calls the truck calls Sheldon McPhee who he hasn't met yet the Krasminski of the operation and Krasminski says jokes on you peg leg I don't even know how to drive a truck it's the funniest thing because it's both Sousa being like weirdly harsh and then Krasminski with the perfect retort but it's a self burn and I really appreciate that Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I think it to me at least it shows that like our main cast of folks that we see don't hate each other. Although yeah. they can maybe sometimes rub each other the wrong way. Yeah. I think they very clearly like, I think they are very clearly friends. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, James, I, I wanted to say, I actually did a little bit of research for, Dude, for this please, episode. Please. Um, I got curious as to what body of water the truck may have fallen in at the end of the episode and there are a few candidates in cedar grove new jersey that this might be one of them being the peckman river as i'm looking at it on google maps but i don't think that that is accurate what i think that it is is probably the cedar grove reservoir which is a huge reservoir in cedar grove new jersey yeah it is a huge reservoir in cedar grove and it also has a, I don't know if this road was there in the 40s, but it has a kind of like curving road around the side of it, which I'll maybe That's send what? a little screenshot over to the uh, 
the Facebook chat real quick. This so is a can... message for Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige only. I'm pitching you um, a TV show that can have it, uh, its existence in the 1960s. Please, we need to make some headway in that decade. Yes. You see it's this? It's called Reservoir this... Heroes. <laughs> the nitramine is in the reservoir, which is where the drinking water comes from. The Vita rays are in the drinking water. All of the kids in a, in Cedar Grove get right. superpowers. Yes. And so what happens is, is you have, have a situation... Oh, I was gonna say what happens is, is they drink the water and if they turn into stone but then die, then that that's that. And so yeah. and then other people come back with powers. If they don't, yeah. they have to go to the moon, the blue part. Yeah. 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 I think that, that I think like I feel like that's a something that's never been done before. So mm-hmm. It might seem a little cool. inhuman, but I think it'll work. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And some yeah. of them develop lockjaw. <laughs> Good boy. But yeah, as you can see, there's this little uh, curvy torn that I uh, yeah are we are we That's done Facebook chat. Facebook. are we done making yeah. the the black bolt jokes now I'm oh, sorry I didn't want to get the black I bolt didn't, thing I, I didn't want to step on your toes Colin I'll be crystal clear we're moving past it I'm gonna kill I keep you saying words that seem like they have meanings yeah um uh quake oh I see so it's okay yeah <laughs> I th- I feel like this is like exactly where that scene would take place you know you, you, I I wish we had topography yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. I think this I'll, makes sense. I'll drive out to Cedar Grove, and the next time I'm on an episode that we're recording after this session, I'll let you know if anything around the reservoir could be it. Absolutely. Like we're gonna publish like for Patreon only, like pictures of people standing in front of places where MCU has happened. Yeah. You got Colin in front of those uh, those singers, that singer's house. The, yeah. the sisters that, that were the singers that no one liked. Um, my friend Katie standing in front of that place where the uh, one shot le- led her to that she lives four minutes from. And then you standing in front of the reservoir being like, oh, no, the nights are mean. Yeah. And then putting your hands on your face like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, OK. I have found a 1947 map of right? Cedar of Grove. Cedar Grove. <laughs> uh, but. It's got it's kind of a little limited in in some extent. I cannot seem to find where because it made me zoom out tremendously. Right. So I can't see where the. Oh, hang on. That's Newark. Hang on. Where's Newark compared to this city? Uh, hang on. Uh, it is to the southeast of it. Now I ain't gonna lie to you. The boys done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. So okay, so do you see where there's like a 400 line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I th- see. So it gets a little windy there. I think right there, where right here. it first yeah, starts where the to curve. Is. Yeah, right where that 400 is. I think that's where they would have gone off because it would have gone straight into that water. Yep, because like that's where the first turn is here. Absolutely, uh, and it's a there's a literal moment where it's a, almost like a straight shot if you went through the guardrail. Yeah, it's the, the only river. part that it that 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 happens on any part. Like if you no matter which right. way you're coming from, it's the only part right. where you it's could the go only part where you could do that. Yeah, for sure. So I feel I like think that's gotta right. be it. I'll Great go take a picture work. there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so now go find the four hundred. No. Um, it should be written on the road. Uh. <laughs> Excellent. I, I love that. I love that you that we've 
that you did that research, and I love that we, I feel, satisfactorily solved that uh, that question. Yeah, but, uh, one of my favorite quotes is, um, that sure as hell wasn't a mystery, and it sure as hell didn't need solving, but I'll be damned if we didn't just get it solved. I love that. That's that feels less like a quote and more like a a, a life goal. It's a it's like a quote a from Homestuck. <laughs> okay. I still everything I've learned about Homestuck has been against my will. I'm sorry. So when they're driving, I mentioned that Dooley takes a nice nap. That was not in the script. Uh, Dooley was supposed really to be reading through files, and Shay Wiggum. Shea Wiggum, which is what his actual name is, and I refuse to believe it because Simpsons have ruined me. Um, he wanted to express that his character gets very little sleep because of his job, so he had him uh, take a nap by putting his hat over his head. And I think that was a good move, and also that's a nice way to get him get paid to nap. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the dream. Uh, and while he's napping, uh, there's a song on the radio. It is "Swingman" by Jack McVie. Uh, whose real name? Whose uh, whose name was John Vivian McVie, um, which is a lot of V's, and also Vivian is middle name because it was the '40s, and like who cares? Um, he was a an American swing, blues, and rhythm and blues woodwind player and band leader. He played clarinet and tenor and baritone saxophones, uh, and this song was released in 1947. So I guess Thompson had it on like a bootleg, or they were listening to like the 1940s version of Wolfman Jack with like the. Well, demo. it was on their EP, and then it came out right. fully. Yeah. It was like they they got like a, it was like a, a home mix, and then it was like the demo, and it was like they had the movie quote in there, but then the label made them take it off, and so. Yeah. I think it was the third episode we've made in the last like it month where we've made me that joke to no end. <laughs> Anyways, and, and uh, Dooley was like, you're not going to like this, but people born three years after you are going to love it. And Dooley very, was like, late good. again. <laughs> and uh, and and Thompson was like, more like drooly. And he said, did you say more like Julie? And he's like, no, I said drooly. And it's like, oh, I thought you said Julie. He's, he yeah. says, uh, hey, you're the Krasminski of this operation. And he says, fuck this shit. And he walks away and goes, what's uh-huh. wrong with him? Yeah. Can't, take Can't take criticism. Yeah. Well, great. There goes the SSR. Can't I think take that movie takes place in New Jersey. Oh, really? criticism. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> that was nothing. <laughs> uh, so let me go ahead and break into the vault then. Yep. Uh, and let's just say, as I would love a recommendation for uh, one of the properties on the Scavengers Network that you're a part of. A little recommendosh. Okay. Uh, well, I started a podcast last year that's gonna have to do an episode pretty soon. Yeah. Um, called sure. It Jams for Thee, where me, Colin, Sid, Tay, and Dan, uh, all friends of the show, uh, we get together and we watch the movie Space Jam once a year and review and appreciate it. And that show releases every year on Michael Jordan's birthday. In February. 17. 17. I should know that, but I don't. <laughs> it's so... Yearly shows are such a, an, an, a medium I haven't explored very much. And I love love thinking about, like, this is the one. It's like all Oops All Annuals yeah. as the podcast, yeah. and I really like that one. So. Well, the next one I, I dream up, you'll be on, James. Great. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Yeah. I appreciate I them accept. because, like, I love that there's, like, 
a little bit of work right before, yeah. then the show, and then a little bit of work afterwards to just edit it and stuff like that. And then after that, you're like, and now we're yeah. golden for a bit close to a year. And now yeah, we coast. Feels good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for that recommendation. Uh, and we will see you all here for another episode of Timeline Scavengers. Uh, this is a long one, but thanks for sticking with us. It's probably been edited, I guess. We had a Maybe lot to talk about. Way. We did, yeah. for sure. And, and also, next one recording's longer. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> as always, I'm Colin Parker. As always, I'm James Anderson. As always, I'm as Excelsior. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.